Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and I am so excited to be back sharing stories of the amazing Global Blue Nosers I get to speak with almost every day. Uh, I know it's only been a few short weeks, but it feels like it's been so long since season one wrapped. So it's uh, it's a great day that I'm back recording season two. I hope you all had a great summer uh, and maybe, you know, hopefully you even went back to listen to your favorite episode from season one. Lots has been happening in Blue Noser world since last season wrapped up. Uh, I hosted the very first Global Blue Nosers meetup in Dallas, Texas back in October. We had a room full of Blue Nosers who were meeting for the very first time, and it was so much fun, which is a massive understatement to say it was fun. It was so exciting, such a great time. I just could not describe it unless you were there. Uh, And you'll be hearing from some of those uh, Texas-based Blue Nosers here in Season 2, so make sure you follow along and watch for those. And following up on that, uh, I also announced our next meetup, which is going to be on March 12th, 2024 in London, England. Uh, You'll remember in season one, we had quite a few people from London on the show, so kind of makes sense that we'd go there next. Uh, You'll want to follow along uh, with the show on social media uh, so you don't miss uh, when I announce what I'll be rolling into your town to host an East Coast Kitchen Party. All right, so let's not delay any more and get season two started. Today's guest is uh, Stephanie Bateman. Steph grew up in Bridgewater on the south shore of Nova Scotia. After receiving a job opportunity in the field of marketing and communications, she decided to make the permanent move to Toronto. Very familiar story. This fall actually marked 10 years of Steph living away from the province. While living in Toronto, Steph has benefited from building a strong network of East Coasters who have become her closest friends. She keeps Nova Scotia close to her heart, finding ways big and small to stay connected to the province. So Steph and I had a really great uh, conversation. Uh, As you'll hear, she um, is good friends with season one guest Doug Brenton, uh, and she's got a little bit of a challenge for him that's going to launch into uh, right at the beginning of the, the episode. So. Let's not delay and get to that. Welcome back, everybody. The sun was setting in the west and the birds were singing on every tree. And all nature seemed inclined for rest, but still there was no rest for me. I grieve to leave my native land. I grieve to leave my comrades all and my parents who Seabound coast, watcher mountains, dark and drear I be For when I am far away on the primary ocean dust Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Today's episode is brought to you by Nick Ogden of Press Realty. If you are planning a move looking for a cottage, or considering investing, the Nova Scotia real estate market is definitely your ocean playground. Nick is your realtor with a very blue nose and the team to make your next real estate purchase a reality. 
Nick has been a big supporter of Global Blue Noser since day one and has been so great at helping several of my own contacts in finding their perfect home. Find out more at nickogdenrealestate.ca and make sure to tell them you're a Global Blue Nosers listener. Steph, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to start by saying congratulations on season two of the podcast. Very, very exciting. Super exciting. Uh, did not know if I was going to make it to season two when I started this thing. So thank you. I've I've survived the, the season one uh, hump and I'm getting into season two, which I really appreciate you, you joining. And I, I actually, I, I want to call this out early. We just were chatting about, um, there's always connections amongst the guests I'm finding, like people know each other. So um, we got connected through season one guest, Doug. Yes. Uh, and I, I just want to call it out early. You're planning to really blow his listener numbers out of the water, right? Of course. Yeah. And he knows that about me. He knows that we're competitive with each other. So yeah, I will be the most listened to podcast. So <laughs> I, I'm really excited for that. Doug, if you're listening to this, which you should be, um, this, is, this is calling you out. You need to get your episode out there more if you want to compete with staff. I, I already know that these numbers are going to be high. So you got to bring your, your A game, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I again, we're into season two, and um, to start off today's episode with you, I want to start right at the basics. I want to hear your story uh, of how things have started, and you're in Toronto now, so I want to yeah. hear the story of how you've gotten from Nova Scotia to where you're at now. Amazing, yeah, and I actually really appreciate this question because I've been doing a lot of reflecting. This is actually 10 consecutive years that I've lived away from Nova Scotia. So it's sort of a special milestone for me, obviously keeping Nova Scotia in my heart every step of the way. Um, but yeah, we can start at the beginning. So I was, let's start at the very beginning. So I was born <laughs> in Halifax and I lived in Dartmouth until I was three years old. And my parents actually immigrated to Canada and decided that they wanted to settle eventually in Nova Scotia, which I still find funny to this day, but I love that they chose to do that. Um, and they were small business owners, so they had multiple businesses across the province. And although at the time we had a smaller population province, it's quite vast in terms of the landscape of, of sort of how the province is structured. So it really had a toll on them traveling, you know, between the valley and the South Shore and HRM. So eventually they decided to really focus on their business on the South Shore, we moved to Bridgewater when I was three years old, and I grew up there ever since. So I'm um, very much connected to the South Shore. Um, spent, you know, had a great childhood. I always find it funny now where, when I explain to people where I grew up, I'm like, it's the best. Like all of my best friends lived in the same subdivision, in the same cul-de-sac. We all grew up together. Um, there's land. You know, it was. We always felt safe. We could walk to and from school, so it was. It was pretty incredible. Um, and then from there, I decided to go to Halifax, do my university uh, studies, and um, my background's in communications. And through the program that I was in, you actually had to do a mandatory three co-op or internship work placements. So my first two, I was like, you know what, I want to stay home. And it's a pretty funny story because of the trajectory. I sort of did my first internship in Lunenburg County. Then I was like, ooh, got to work my way up. So then the next one, I decided to do it in Halifax. And then from there, um, there was this one communications agency in Toronto. And at the time, it was really the only partnership that the school had 
in Ontario. So it was a highly coveted role. And I was like, you know what, like, I keep feeling like I'm progressing here. Maybe I'll just try to go for it and see what happens. I always felt like at the time, there was really this notion of to get the career experience. I think people often talked about you had to leave the province. I think now it's a bit different, which is super exciting for Nova Scotians. But at the time, I really felt like this is maybe my one opportunity to see what's possible. So I ended up applying. I got that role. And then within kind of months, uh, I was able to sort of transition and, and start my journey in Toronto, which was daunting because at the time I'd um, only been to Toronto once before uh, for a few days. And I only knew one person, which ironically was Doug. Um, so it was a it was a bit nerve wracking, but ended up being a really, really good thing in the end. And so I think what the most special part of that transition for me, and I think what made it easier, was that company was known for hiring a lot of Nova Scotians because of the partnership with the school. So when I started and went in on my first day, there were five or six other people there from the East Coast. And so I just felt like this huge sense of relief, which I think a lot of people can relate to in the sense of when you're away from home and you meet other people who are from the province, there's sort of this unspoken, we don't need to really start with the basics. We don't need to explain how we are and why we do things. Everyone just kind of gets it. You know, we're salt of the earth people, I like to say. We work hard. There's sort of that blue collar mentality, which I think is really, really important in terms of the values of who we are as Nova Scotians. So I just really felt kind of, even though I was away from home, I felt comfort being in Toronto at that time because I had that community of Nova Scotians just right at work, which was pretty special. Um, And so, yeah, that's a bit of my story. That's amazing. So I can I can definitely relate to that feeling of like the the comfort that comes with with a group of Nova Scotians around because it's you kind of feel I've always described it as when you're in a group of other Nova Scotians when you're away, like in those moments, you kind of feel like you're home because we're all talking the same way and the accents are coming out and you're saying the same things. Um, So so that that community was was a pretty big part of you being able to make that transition comfortably, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. So it was interesting because I did sort of that internship and then I went back to Nova Scotia and I really didn't know if I wanted to be in Toronto full time. So I ended up sort of continuing to work in Nova Scotia and then I just felt like, okay, maybe my career will progress a bit quicker if I do just make a permanent move. So I reached back out to that company, worked out that they ended up hiring me back. And yeah, just the people there and and again having those commonalities made the transition a lot easier and then it's super funny because kind of from there it sort of snowballed to noticing people I had gone to university with who had also transitioned and moved to Toronto and just a simple reach out to say hey like I'm here too Um, and that kind of snowballed to today where literally most of my closest friends are all from Nova Scotia we just honestly flock together and the group keeps growing because you know someone will bring in someone new to the group and then those people have to happen to also be from Nova Scotia so uh yeah and it just makes it easier and I'll get into some of the fun things that we do to keep the Nova Scotia spirit alive today but yeah um it definitely made it easier to transition having people with things that you have in common so how much does, I mean, having such a, a close group of Nova Scotians there in Toronto, um, what does that do for, for your 
sort of sense of connection back to home? Like, do you still, I mean, I know I kind of felt I didn't have that community when I left and moved away. So I I felt like I was growing further and further apart from the province. Um, And I actually, I hit the 10 year mark and I came home because it was just like it, I hit the the breaking point, but for having a close group, like how, what does that do for maintaining that sense of belonging to the province? Oh my gosh, it does so much. It really changes our perspectives daily. Cause I think what's so funny is that we're all from different parts of Nova Scotia, but we like to stay in touch with what's happening. So we always share back kind of news and updates. And I would say actually the most um, meaningful thing for me has been when I've seen the province go through really tough times. I mean, most recently, obviously with the wildfires and the floodings, but I think back to 2020 um, with that horrible and just horrific mass shooting, um, we really kind of rallied together here and we had each other. And I think it's those moments where you feel more connected than ever to home, but you're not home and you feel helpless. So really having people here who get it, sort of like what I said, we don't have to explain ourselves. We just all have that commonality and we understand and to be able to rally together, it makes a huge difference and it takes away some of that homesickness as well, which um, I think to your point, if I didn't have that community, I'm not sure how much longer I would have lasted away from the province either. So. Well, it's interesting you bring up, and, and it's 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 such a complex topic when you when you think about sort of the resiliency when it comes to to tragedy. Because I mean, I would say you know for I've said this more often than not over the last little while. It's like we keep having these like these don't happen in Nova Scotia moments over the past few years. Um, and I was just talking to someone actually he's in Toronto as well uh, last week, and he was just he was saying like. He's like, what's the the dynamic for everyone else when it comes to tragedy? And I'm really curious about that because it's there are these awful moments, and it started with COVID because I just started to feel that people started to need that sense of identity to Nova Scotia even more when they couldn't come home. Um, and then the shooting that was a, a massive moment, and then you know this year having the the fires and the floods and everything else that seemed to be going on. What is it like to to experience tragedy? at home when you're away? What does that do to you as a Nova Scotian? Oh my gosh. I find first and foremost, it's just overwhelmingly emotional because I think what we can all relate to as Nova Scotians is whether you're physically there or not, you know someone who's been impacted. That's just how tight-knit of a province it is. And you know, we always say that notion of, you know, someone who knows someone who knows someone. Um, But I find during tragedy, that's especially true. And then you see sort of the updates on social media and you see people that you know, or you grew up with that have been impacted and it truly just breaks your heart. And I found the other aspect of it, to your point about even during COVID and not being able to go home and all of that is you feel a bit helpless. Like I felt at times guilty that I wasn't there and I wasn't with my family and I couldn't do more. Um, But one of the things that was really important for me was to find ways to support while not being in the province. So I remember they did um, a campaign here in Toronto requesting for people to donate blood to send back to the victims of the shooting. And I was like right in line, the first one there. I had never donated blood before in my life, but I just felt compelled to want to help the province and give back any way I could. Um, So I really do feel like it brings people together. And it was also another... um, discussion points. So people that I knew in Ontario who were hearing about it in the news, and it was a good way to sort of educate people on that resiliency and say, you know what, the province has been through tough times, but they're going to get through it. And um, so it was, it was sort of an education moment too, for people. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, Doug and I kind of talked about this in our, in our conversation around that, that 
sense of community that's so critical to to Nova Scotia and especially for you being from the social like I grew up in New Ross you grew oh, up I in Bridgewater yeah. so <laughs> same sort of region I mean and even into Halifax and everything I always describe Nova Scotia as kind of like it's a casserole society it's like when yeah. something goes wrong you bring a casserole to, totally. to the person so yeah. it's like it's that need to do something and and so it's really interesting for me to hear that so did you find in your in your friend group that was kind of the the default position everyone just had to even if they couldn't be on the ground they just had to feel like they were doing something yeah for sure there was a lot of um sharing of information sharing of resources checking in on friends and family we all checked in with each other to make sure you know everyone's families were okay during all of these horrific incidents so um yeah I feel like really that sense of rallying together and and doing something bigger than yourself as one person um yeah, really rang true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping that we have um, like a few years in a row here where we don't have any of these moments to talk about because it's been oh it's been a gosh. rough go over the past like three to four years. Yeah, for sure. But like you said, resilience. We're some tough people. We we, uh, you know, it's it's for being such a like a fun loving and like you know, I find kind of easygoing people, we we are amazingly resilient. Like, it seems like you get hit with that thing. Yeah. And it's, we just sort of slip a switch. And we're like, all right, let how do we get through it? And we don't so, sort sure. of wallow in it. We're just like, all right, let's just do something to get through it. It's a fascinating thing about us. A 100%. I completely, completely agree. So I, I you know, that's, that's a tough t- topic to talk about. But I want to kind of do our, a hard transition to mm-hmm. something right back to right at the beginning when you were sort of describing your story. I'm curious if you know the details of what made your parents choose Nova Scotia. It's such a good question because I don't really know. I mean, my dad had family already in Nova Scotia, so I think that was just an easy kind of transition. But sometimes I'll joke with them and be like, why Bridgewater? (laughs) Like, out of all the places in Nova Scotia. Um, But then I slowly kind of catch myself and I realize that I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I mean, there's pros and cons to obviously living in a small town. Like everyone knows who you are. They know your parents can't do anything because then it always comes back around. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's a really good question. I don't actually know, but I don't regret, like no regrets. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great that they did. And and I, I my first question to them would also be, why Bridgewater? Uh, yeah, which... well, it's so interesting now too, because I think you've talked about this before on a previous podcast around seeing how there's been such growth and diversity in the province, which is really exciting because when I was growing up, I was one of maybe four or five families in Bridgewater that I guess you could call like visible minority. Um, and so that came with its own challenges too, because, you know, my family would do things differently. And so um, I do think coming to Toronto when I did was a bit of a culture shock as well, because there's so much diversity, but it was great to sort of have both of those experiences. And now to see how the province has really grown in diversity and families from all walks of life is is super, super exciting Um, and just different than how I grew up. It's, it is for me living here now and like I live so like 10 15 minutes outside of Ridgewater I'm like right in between oh, Bridgewater nice. and Lunarburg so I, I moved back to the South Shore when we came back yeah <laughs> it's uh I yeah I, I I get to look out at field and and space and everything which is a nice change from the suburb I lived in in Hamilton for for seven years yeah. um but you know when you uh, for me at least I like I look at that as 
being probably one of the the best things that's been happening to Nova Scotia is sort of the changing demographic of the of the province and you know one of the driving forces obviously immigration has been a big part I've also seen like such a retention of graduates like I I graduated like everybody left everybody left yeah (laughs) and it was just the default and now I'm like I'm talking to kids in university who they're like well yeah I'm gonna stay and it's like a 180 um and I feel like that has been such an amazing addition to the province to see that because yeah I mean we on the south shore did not grow up seeing a lot of diversity and that is so different for what my daughter is now seeing on the south which is incredible I love it I love that um and it's funny too because I completely agree. You know, you sort of had to leave to then flourish and build a career. But now I'm blown away every time I'm in Halifax, for example, and I see all of the growth and the infrastructure. And I'm like, wow, this is like crazy. Um, But it's so good for the province. So it's exciting at the same time. But I think it's all it's funny because people who've lived there their whole lives, I think, are like, oh, wow, like (laughs) all these new restaurants and this and that. But it is um, it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, one topic, I mean, I, I always like to go kind of like serious topics and then lighter yeah. topics. And, and one of the, you, you quickly mentioned homesickness when you were talking mm-hmm. earlier. Um, so I'm kind of curious to just hear, I just want to kind of create space for you to talk about what, what does, what does that homesickness look f- like for you and sort of your, your day-to-day life? Yeah. So it's, I think it's a combination of two things. I think one is just the pace of life and, and, being in Nova Scotia and just kind of slowing down and really recharging and focusing on yourself and that just having that mindset shift versus the hustle and bustle of maybe a big city. And then the other aspect is, of course, just missing my parents and my family. So it, it kind of culminates sometimes when um, both are sort of happening. But I think one really good way that I've been able to overcome that is just through the community of support and the friends here that all, again, we go through that homesickness maybe in different waves. And so one of the things that we haven't done it in a while, but that we used to do a lot would would be to get together and host like East coast nights. Um, So we found sort of like the one place in Toronto that sells like authentic donair because we all know that there's some that is not authentic <laughs> and um, we get like garlic fingers. We'd make the donair sauce. We get Keith's beer and we would just all kind of come together and enjoy that moment and reminisce and talk, share stories about Nova Scotia. And then we slowly started to invite more people from Ontario into the group. And it's funny because donair sauce is very polarizing, which I don't get it because I'm obsessed, but um, it's just fun to be able to kind of share that culture with other people who maybe haven't experienced it. So um, we're always the biggest advocates of Nova Scotia. We always tell people, you got to go visit, you got to go see what it's all about. Um, So that's just been a fun way to kind of bring home to Toronto when we're not home um, and kind of combat some of that homesickness. Yeah, it's a Again, community. I mean, it, it it's such a critical yeah. critical part to it. So, I mean, how how wide eyed would an Ontarian be when they? I mean, I know my when my wife first visited Nova Scotia, she's from Ontario. Yeah. Her first like true experience of sitting at the dinner table with my family was like jarring to see what that's <laughs> yeah. like. So, so how wide eyed do the Ontarians get when they are at a table filled with with blue nosers? Okay, it's so funny because. At first, they're, we, we try to explain, like, why we're hanging out in the kitchen. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay, like, that's a bit strange. And then I think it slowly shifts to, wow, you guys are loud. Wow, you're animated. Wow, you fight about everything. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's just how we are, I think. And growing up in the East Coast, like, 
I'm a passionate person. I fight hard. I love hard. I do everything like full throttle. And that's just how it is because that's just, I feel like to get a word in edgewise, that's how we all were. <laughs> um, so then sometimes they're a bit like overwhelmed. Like this was a lot to take, in. but they always have the best time. So. Well, I mean, a, a room full or a kitchen full of Nova Scotians is, yeah. is always going to be the best time. But I mean, I, I why are we so loud? Because it's I like, <laughs> I I like even now when I'm doing these podcasts it's like and I'm I'm just I always seem to ratchet the level up when I'm talking to another Nova Scotian I mean is it because we all talk so much that we have to shout over each I don't I think so I think there's something in that for sure (laughs) we're also just animated and I don't know but I mean hand talkers we express like lots of weird expressions (laughs) loud and then I, I always said like the two things for me that I knew well, a few things, but definitely two of the things I knew when I was around Nova Scotians when I was living away was that how loud I was and how right. fast I was talking. Like yes. those were those were the two things. If if that yeah. was really kicking off, I was like, this is going to be a good night. A hundred percent. I get feedback on both of those things. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we're a unique bunch. Um, so I, I'm I'm kind of curious. Like for I, I I went through this when I was away trying to explain my hometown to people mm. who aren't familiar with with Nova Scotia because it's like for me you know usually if when I would meet someone from home and they were away and they'd be like oh I'm from like Muscadabit or I'm from Truro I'd be like I'm, I'm just like oh yeah okay I know kind of yeah. a little bit about who you are and what's a little bit unique about but how do you describe a place like Bridgewater in the South Shore to, <laughs> to someone who doesn't know it oh my gosh it's so funny because I feel I love Bridgewater so much, but I feel bad because I think sometimes it gets overshadowed by like Lunenburg and Mahone Bay. Like no one wants to go the extra 15 minutes to Bridgewater, which is like fair enough. So I think how I typically describe it is like, it's the shopping district of the South Shore, which if you're from Ontario, you probably think is funny, but um so I was like that's where all the big box stores were and we know when I was like 15 we got a movie theater so it was just kind of the place where people go to get their shopping done and maybe have some entertainment and go to a movie um and then I also describe it as just a really safe tight-knit community so I think sometimes people are a bit shocked when I'm like oh like we had massive backyards and all of this land and we would go out biking all day all night and our parents never really worried about us um so sometimes people are like shocked by that um so yeah I just describe it really as like a tight-knit community safe and also just so people can understand it uh, you know it's where you go to shop <laughs> it's I I've always felt bad for Bridgewater because right. of that because it's like people are like oh you know go to Lunenburg it's so gorgeous and the Blue Nose is there and Mahone Bay with the three yeah. churches and then they're like oh and Bridgewater has Walmart um, yeah <laughs> yeah it's so funny because now um for people at work or just anyone in general when they tell me they're going to Nova Scotia I have like a list of things to do and I always just like sneak in at the end I'm like you could go to Bridgewater but not sure what like what I would recommend doing <laughs> so I feel bad it's I mean, I, I will say, you know, Bridgewater, it, it was always the shopping center. Like for me, yeah. like we would drive from New Ross out to do, you, you know, we'd either go to Bridgewater or to, to New Minus to do our shopping. Um, and it was, it really was sort of just that kind of like in and out type of place. But like, it is coming along, like even King Street is starting to see like, 
because King Street was dead. dead <laughs> like yeah. it it when everything yeah. moved up to like the Walmart and then even over to the like the old home hardware um like strip mall there yeah. like King King Street died but it's like it's coming True. back like yeah King Street Brewery you got Furkenstein you got a few yes. restaurants popping up so like cafes it, yeah it's great. cafes like there's the Italian restaurant there in on King Street now it's like it's amazing how it's it's coming along little bit by bit totally yeah i completely agree and it's sad now because my parents actually left and they re- retired in Halifax. So I don't go back to Bridgewater as much as I would like, but still holds a special place in my heart for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely, it's a unique spot. That's, that's for sure. So, yeah. um, so kind of keeping on the, the, the vein of, of, you know, telling, you know, talking to people from away about, about home, um, when somebody in Ontario learns that you're from Nova Scotia, you know, what are some of the common things you hear from them? <laughs> okay, I love this question because whether it's right or wrong, the first thing people say to me is, oh, such nice people from Nova Scotia. Oh, some of the best people from the East Coast. Oh, you're such a great person. I'm like, amazing. Like, I ha- you don't even know me, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, which I really do think is a true testament to it's just a hardworking province. People get their, put their heads down and get things done. And they're willing to help anyone, anytime. Um, I think I said this a few times, but like really salt of the earth people, like I would do anything for anyone. And I think that's, you know, a lot of has to do with where I grew up and that mentality of we want to all support each other in good times and bad times. Um, So yeah, it's, it's great because the conception in every other part of Canada or conception is the right word. (laughs) The preconception. Is that it? Yeah. Basically what that. people think, yeah, basically what people think about us, and I would say in largely across the country, is that we're just really humble, down-to-earth, good, nice people. So we should take that, Sean. That's great. We should, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about stirring controversy in my happy, upbeat. Oh, so okay. We're going to go I, there. I, it's, so this is one of the things, so it, it being what I call a boomeranger, someone who left and came back. Yeah. Um, and I had sort of a, a reverse culture shock coming home. Like it, seeing home with different eyes was really fascinating. Um, yeah. And so I will say, and I'll put this out there, and now I'm going to get attacked. We are <laughs> super nice. We're super welcoming, everything like that. But it's hard to get in. Like mm. it's like, you know, if you come visit, you're going to get lots of great conversation. You're going to be told where to go and everything. But it took me forever just to find a hockey team to play on when I got home oh, because really? everybody like, cause to crack into like the circles, cause everyone's so connected um, to break in as somebody new is really quite difficult. So people will be super nice to you, but to let you into the inner circle, take some time. Did, can I ask, did you move back after COVID? Before COVID. Oh, before COVID. Cause I was going to say, I think there was a couple years there where, yeah people were a bit like don't come into our province (laughs) yeah we definitely Uh, we definitely had that going during COVID (laughs) oh my gosh my own parents were like uh are you sure you want to come like we don't I'm like okay really um okay that's interesting I do I do think I can relate to that though in the sense of now sometimes when I hang out with friends who have always lived in the province which I think is amazing um sometimes they're there's like they're like oh but you live in Toronto oh and it's like so like I'm still the same person so okay that is interesting 
it, for me, it kind of goes back to it's always been, there's always a bit of a us-them situation for us mm. in Nova Scotians. So it's like, you know, at the big macro level, it's us against the rest of the country. Because it's like, right. you know, we're never given the respect that we deserve or, or you know, that's kind of, I remember growing up like that. It's like, oh, okay, well, people in Ontario, they just see us as like fishermen and, and yeah. whatever. Or lighthouses and, and, and fishermen. Um, yeah. And so, but then within the province, it was like, uh, you know, for me in New Ross, it was like us against town. So it's like, yes. oh, well, we're just like the rural folk. And then yeah. the regions against Halifax. So it's like, there's a lot of that like dynamic of competition. And yeah. so like, I always found that like, when we moved back, it was hard to crack in because everybody kind of knew each other from high school and I didn't right. go to high school here. Yeah. Um, but then also I was working in Halifax. So I was okay. like, every yeah. day I was leaving the community. And so I was a commuter. And right. so I've, that's the one thing is like, I will never argue with the fact that we're like the friendliest, most talkative people, yeah. but it takes work to crack into the circles of, of the communities once you come here. Yeah, so. that's actually a really, really interesting point. And I wonder if that also has something to do with <clears throat> a lot of the people that I know that still live in the province or friends with the same people that they've been friends with for 20 years, because maybe it, it yeah, it's hard. Especially yeah. if you didn't go to university, like how else do you meet people? Yeah, yeah it's a really it's, good point, uh, good perspective. Yeah, it, it's just been one of those things that I've always noticed since I came home, and I'm just like, it's, it's a weird thing to balance because it's like to say we're the friendliest people and be totally accurate, but then also say you got to put in the work to to really right. get to get into the community when you when you move here, even when you're in Nova Scotia moving back. It, it's been a yeah. it's a fascinating thing. So, yeah, um, and. It's so interesting, too, because now I feel like every time I do go home, I overemphasize that I'm from there. I'm like, I don't I'm like, oh, yeah, well, when I grew up. Oh, yeah. When I go when because like you just want to like feel like you belong again because sometimes like you only go back twice a year or whatever. So, yeah, it's actually a very, very good point. I do find myself doing that a lot. Like, oh, yeah, yeah like I've been there. Like I grew up here. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> I really this is my it. province. Like yeah. I'm here. This is where I'm from. But um so actually, I, that that kind of I, I want to ask something because it's very similar to that. And I've heard this from quite a few people. And I feel like I did that same overcompensation when I'd come home and want to yeah. really reinforce it. Did did you do you find that you have any sense of any sense of guilt for leaving? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think honestly, like no regrets. Like I, I really feel like everything does happen for a reason. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't make that move. But I think the guilt comes from, like, my parents are aging, and I just sometimes feel sad that I'm not there as much. Um, and life happens, right? So it's like friends are having kids. And so to be separated, I do I do feel guilt every now and again. But I think I've done a good job of trying to be intentional when I go home and how I spend my time and really enjoy it and be present. Um, and that helps to make up for it. And then um, I know COVID was a really hard time for so many people, but for me, I ended up actually staying in the province for almost four months because it was open and there's things to do. And I just was like, why am I going back to Toronto where I can't do anything? So I've just tried to be, be intentional along the way, and that helps with some of the guilt. Um, and it also helps when people are supportive. So I think maybe in the last couple years, I've gotten more like, so are you thinking you're going to come back now? Like when's, when are you going to come back? But for the most part, people are just supportive and they understand why you've left the province and kind of doing what you have to do for yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to pick up on there. So one, 
isn't it fascinating how we can and this is something I always struggle with is not regret and yet feel guilty. Like it's right. just it's right. like for so, for me, so like such a good point. I would never be where I'm at in my life if I hadn't left. Like, especially yeah. at the time when I graduated, like there was no opportunity for me, which if I were graduating yeah. now, I'd probably stay. But um yeah. I gained such important experience out there. So like I would never mm-hmm. regret that. Um yeah. it was it was a struggle every day I was gone. Um but I didn't regret it, but I, I still felt guilty about it, but I was like, right. I'm guilty, but I wouldn't change it. It's like, it was this weird inner conflict that I was right. always fighting. It's, with. It's, it's hard to explain. I think, I think unless you've experienced it, you don't quite get it. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. Um, but yeah, so, but I, I kind of want to leverage what you were saying into another conversation, which is I'm, you know, the questions around like, Oh, if you're going to move home and everything like that. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. and for me, I'm a big proponent of the idea that, you don't Nova Scotians don't have to move home to be making an impact on the province. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. And so I think that we actually offer a ton of value when we're out in the world because mm-hmm. we're kind of like an ambassador network for the province. So, you know, in an ideal world, how how do you see yourself wanting to be involved with or giving back to the province as somebody out in the world? Yeah, I love that question. I think um I've thought about it a few different ways. I think for me maybe the one of the more natural ways is just to your point, being an advocate. So any chance I get, I always encourage people, oh, you got to go, you need to go to the East Coast. I find most people I speak to have only been as far east as Quebec. So I'm like, you're missing this whole beautiful side of the country. Um, So I think being an advocate, and then I've thought a lot about how I could make an impact in Bridgewater specifically, or is there a legacy or something? Because it is a more tight-knit community, so it's probably easier to have a bit more of an impact. I haven't quite figured out what that looks like, but any chance I get, like, I want to support, I still, this is cheesy, but, like, I still follow, like, the local radio station and the high school, and I want to know what's going on (laughs) Um, to just still be able to see, okay, if there's ever something that they need, I could support and, and be there. So, Um, I think just staying connected and then kind of keeping an eye on the pulse of what's happening and then just verbally advocating for the province and, and being there to support um, goes a long way. Yeah. Got, you got, you got to follow CKBW. Exactly. Okay. I'm glad I didn't want to say it in case people were like, what? (laughs) Like that, that has been the radio station. I mean, that's the station that my grandmother had on in her kitchen (laughs) all the time growing up. That's when we're, at our table, we turn on the radio and it's yeah. my daughter's listening to CKBW and you got to got to hear if the buses are going to be late. Um, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, sure. you got you got you to stay in touch with the, the, the hard hitting news around around the South Shore through CKBW for sure. Yeah. And can I ask you a question in terms of because sometimes yeah. I go back and forth like, will I move one day? Will I not? Um, we'll still see what happens. But what ultimately drove that decision for you to go back? It was, it was a combination of things. Um, I, for me, I, I knew I was going to come home. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew and what I felt like, you know, for me, I graduated from university in 2007 and it seemed like my sort of generation, we had to hit a certain number of years worked to get looked at mm-hmm. to move home. So right. it's like, I hit that 10 year mark and I was like, I can look home now. Um, so there was, I'd always had 10 in my mind as being like, that's when I'm going to be seriously considered. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of it was my daughter was born um, mm, yeah. and we lived on this little postage stamp size 
plot of land in a subdivision <laughs> in the East Mountain of Hamilton. Right. And I just thought about growing up on a farm in New Ross. And I was like, I don't I don't think I know how to raise a kid here. Um, yeah, it's a really good and, and I had been spending the, you know, the 10 years of, of marriage slowly breaking my wife down to the idea of moving to Nova Scotia. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> um and and then the 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 kicker of it all was uh, an opportunity came up. I my what I said was I was going to move home when an opportunity came up to make an impact in my job on the province. That was that was what I wanted to do because I I strove every day to try to make an impact on Nova Scotia as an expat, which was really difficult. Like no one made it easy to do that in a in a tangible way. Um, but a job came up working in economic development for the province, and it was the organization I wanted to work for it was the type of job I wanted to do and so I dropped like two levels down in my career I took a pay cut and I came home because I was like this this only happens once in a while so that was what drove me it, it just it was the perfect storm of things I mean it it was hard like I to to find the right opportunity even in 2017 um to to come home and be able to have the life I wanted to have it was it was tough um but yeah, home was always there. It was always in my head. And I just was like, but it, it had to be the right situation to come back, right? Yeah, 100%. And now just look at the impact that you're having on the province with all the great work you're doing. So it's it's amazing. Well, I, I it's it's one of those things of I, I keep telling people, it's like I all I'm doing through this Global Blue Noser stuff is just trying to do the things that I wanted when I was away. I was like, mm. to give us a voice as a community, to let people know, like my biggest the thing that annoyed me was I felt like when I'd come home that I, that I was made to feel not intentionally, but lesser as a Nova Scotian because I wasn't within the confines of the, of the border. Um, And I don't know, that just hurt. And Mm -hmm. um, then through COVID, as I was doing all this stuff, posting online about Nova Scotia more, all these expats who couldn't come home started connecting with me. And I started just having phone calls with them and talking about home and I just started to realize that like, oh my God, like they're all struggling with the same sense of identity as me. Like they, yeah. they're not any less Nova Scotian, but they're feeling it because they're away. And so was, this is just meant to give people the feeling that like, we are all just one huge family of Nova Scotians, yeah. no matter where we're at. Um, yeah, I, I just feel that. privileged yeah. that I can do it and people want to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think one thing we all probably all probably have in common is that we love talking about our home province and feel a sense of pride and the more we can share and get the word out the stronger the province will be so yeah it's great what you've uh, created well I, I appreciate that and so i mean we're getting to that point so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask maybe two two main questions to end off the the last question we know what it's going to be it's the 24-hour question but um you said that your parents have retired into halifax now yeah um so when you've when you have come home have you been able to i'm a big foodie food was a huge thing for me when i was away like there was the flavors that i missed most um so have you been able to check out any of the newer restaurants that are popping up around okay i have so um the last two visits i had i've been intentional about wanting to check them all out so i think i've gone to all of them (laughs) um Just because I was so shocked. I'm like, I can't believe that they have these sophisticated, refined, like really cool restaurants now. Um, I mean, I think you don't sleep on the classic places that are tried and true to Nova Scotia, but would recommend all of them like I think they're they're really great the dynamic is great salt and ash is one of my favorite ones that I went to um that's opened up there just on the 
on the waterfront. Um, but the decor, the style, the energy, I mean, it very much gives me a Toronto sense. So I'm sure that's a bit polarizing for some people, um, kind of what's been happening on the waterfront. But I really do think it's great for the province. And it's bringing in a lot of new foods and new cultures. Like Halifax has always been more influenced by the Lebanese Yep, Middle Eastern, what like that's all been there for a long time. But to see sort of Greek restaurants and all of these other new flavors come into the province is exciting. Yeah, it's that's probably the thing that's been the most exciting for me is like I I'm a big believer in that sort of like that the hospitality culinary sort of undertone of a city really tells you like the direction it's going and yeah you know we all can love our lobster rolls and everything like that but it was <laughs> yeah. like you know Halifax was really much like a slice of pizza and lobster roll type of place totally um, and now like salt and ash oh my god such a great yeah. spot um bar sophia like that whole yes, section really there yeah. but and then it's it's radiating out like over into dartmouth now when you go to like the canteen canteen you know, yeah it, it's, yeah it's, so it's true it's such a signal to the advancement of of sort of that that undertone and it's mm-hmm. it's sort of staying true to the identity and bringing in new flavors and everything it's just it's it's what i point to about when i want to show people like how Halifax has has really modernized is is the food scene yeah same and it's so funny because I think my old school Nova Scotia mentality sometimes I'm like who's going to these places (laughs) like it's just not like who we are but then obviously I've come a long way and and seeing again to your point the diversity of the city and I'm like oh okay like this is great like every time I would go they're busy the restaurants are busy there's people um, I think from all over, honestly, the country that come in and it's just nice to have those options now. It really is. And as somebody that still works downtown a couple of days a week, I'm ex- I really love oh, it I because yeah. I, I book a lot of my meetings over lunch just for that. Just nice. so I can do that. Smart. Uh, That's awesome. But um, all right. So we're at 40 minutes and I, I want to respect your time, Steph. So we got to we got to go to the, the big question, uh, okay. my, my, my hypothetical 24 hours. So I'm giving you 24 hours in and out in the province. How are you packing that time? OK, amazing. This is such a fun question. I feel like I want to answer it also. Like if I were to bring someone for the first time, what Ooh, are all the I like that angle yeah, that they would have to kind of see and do? Um, so, okay, we would get, obviously fly in, get to the airport. And then I think right away we would drive down to the South shore and do all of the critical stops along the way. So we'd stop in Chester first, then go to Lunenburg, probably have lunch in Lunenburg. Got to get the lobster, get some lobster rolls for sure. Um, then continue on to Mahome Bay. And then, if, you know, we'd go to Bridgewater, just got to do it justice, tour around, look at where I grew up, all of the, maybe hit up Walmart, who knows, Um, (laughs) then kind of make our way back into Halifax, do a nice walk around the waterfront, probably go to Split Crow Power Hour, just because you have to, if you've never been, (laughs) Um, and then probably on the night at like Dirty Nelly's, and then go to Pizza Corner, for sure, Um, get that whole experience in, then wake up the next day and probably go to the beach and just maybe spend the day at Rissers or just um, be able to have a beach day so people can really experience the ocean if you've never had a chance to visit the East Coast. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's that sounds like a great twenty four hours. And it's I that is the one thing I always tell people is you have not experienced a beach until you've experienced a beach in Nova Scotia, right. especially on the South Shore. 
Um, Isn't it so funny? Because I feel like I took that for granted growing up. Like, I think sometimes my parents would be like, let's go to the beach or let's go to the whatever. And I'd be like, really? And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> I miss it. I, uh, every time I'm visiting my in-laws down in, uh, in the Niagara area and I'm like standing yeah. on the, like on a beach on Lake Ontario, I'm just like. A beach. Yeah. yeah I'm just like, yeah. This is some dirt next to water. This is yeah, not a, it's not the same. It's not a beach. Um, and yeah, same thing. I moved home, and I just remember going to like going down past like Liverpool and going to some of the beaches down there. Yeah, be, like, they're beautiful down there. And yeah. there'd be times where it's like we were one of like five people on a huge beach, yeah. and yeah. it just felt like you had this entire like expanse of nature all to yourself. It's I I just yeah. had never really appreciated that when I grew up here. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's so many things that you take for granted, but as you get older, you reflect back and now you have the opportunity to make the most of it. So it's great. We're all so wise now in our advanced years. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> you live and you learn, Sean, right? I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. um, well, I mean, Steph, I can't thank you enough for doing this. It, um, it's been so much fun chatting with you. And the thing I'm probably most excited for is uh, next time I'm in Toronto, hopefully joining one of those East Coast meetups yes. uh, or hosting one myself under the yeah. for Global Blue Nosers, because that sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. We'll get a huge group together. It'll be super, super fun. So we'd love to either have you or come to something you were hosting. So you can guarantee that. Yeah. It's uh, now I just wonder if we'd all be kicked out and banned from a place if you put that many of us together. I know. Talking too loud. We'd get some noise complaints, I think, for sure. I've been hushed in many places around the world because of my Nova Scotia voice. So it's I'm used to it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so so much, much, Steph. Yeah, I really appreciate the time and the chance to share a bit of my story. So thanks so much. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Global Blue Nosers is a Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, and produced by me, Sean Meister. All the music used on the show is by Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, so give us a follow. If you enjoyed the show today, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And make sure you also subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode, especially some of those surprise bonus ones that are bound to come. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait to welcome you back again next week.